Greetings, and welcome to the first ever Quest On podcast. I'm your hostess, Yiming Piancai, and this month we're discussing the rules of copyright, fair use, and the way YouTube and Google monetize videos. Speaking with us today, we have Russell Morris and Melanie Feliciano. Melanie recently came back from Puerto Rico, and she has quite a few things to say about that. Thank you, both Melanie and Russell, for joining us today. Yes, I did. Thanks for having me on the show, Amy. This is an honor to talk about fair use and copyright with you and Russell tonight. Always a pleasure. Russell? Indeed, an honor to be in your presence. So, Melanie, yeah, you went to Puerto Rico for like two weeks, correct? I went for 10 days. Oh, sorry. And yeah, I guess, you know, we can round it up. It's, it's <laughs> fine. And I was in La Perla, which is a little um, neighborhood just east of old San Juan. And they've caught these billboards all over that say, this is where the Despacito video was shot. Mm. And um, being the authentic Puerto Rican that I am, I was like, what the hell is Despacito? (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. That's outrageous. It's hard to believe. Yeah. Like, that's outrageous. That's the equivalent of someone who's like, I've never seen Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, and so I don't watch Game of Thrones either. So. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> Me neither. But I know it exists. And, yeah. and yes, I did. I was aware that Game of Thrones existed, but I do have to say that um, I'm not a regular listener of Daddy Yankee or Louis Fonzi. And so it was a surprise to me that this video was so huge that it got 4.9 billion views on YouTube. That's a lot of people, man. It's almost everybody on earth watching that once. Everybody on earth, literally, because it was posted in January of 2017. And this is like a a little more than a year later and 4.9 billion views. I'm not actually sure of any other YouTube video getting that many views. Are you guys? I think Leaf Britney alone Um, might have what Charlie about, bit my finger. About, How many um, bites? <laughs> How what many about hits? Other video, the, there must be one. I mean, just four point eight billion the views. South Korean video. Up. What's his name? Psy. Gangnam Style. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh my God! You're right. Despacito is number one. It's the number one YouTube number video of all one. time. Yeah. Number two, weirdly, is a Wiz Khalifa song, and <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> Uh, okay. is... Number four, Iman, you were correct. Gangnam Style is number four, definitely on the list. So once this discovery was made, I was um, feeling like, oh, how can I convert this 4.9 billion views into $1 per view? Right. <laughs> and, and this like entrepreneurial brain of mine was thinking that I could raise money and help pay off one fourteenth of Puerto Rico's debt with wow. this 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 money, right? Mm. Because if they're seventy billion in debt right now, um, and it keeps increasing, obviously, since the hurricane happened in what September. Mm-hmm. So it's six months later, and um, this video is doing nothing for Puerto Rico, right? And yet you've got tons of tourists, like Williamsburg style. Um, Japanese tourists hanging out in La Perla <laughs> taking photos. Is it because it, of the video? Yes. It, it really? was nuts. 
people were out of control. Like, I mean, what I, kind of community is this? Is this La Perla? So, okay, okay. Yeah. So this is what makes it really interesting, too. Eight years ago, it was pretty much like all Puerto Ricans would be like, oh, my God, you went to La Perla? That's the, like, the worst neighborhood in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. There's heroin addicts shooting up there, and it's full of gang members and um, shootings and um, just it it just didn't have a very good reputation to the point that taxi drivers would not drive into the neighborhood to drop people off if they said that they were going there. So this is eight years ago. So now it's been cleaning up and they shot the video there and now it's become a huge tourist attraction because it's literally right over like you could get if you're on the cruise ship you get off the cruise ship, you go into, you know, the, the cheesy restaurant to eat your mofongo, and then you can walk a little bit further and get to La Perla, um, which has really nice vibe to it. It's the, the colors remind you of being in a favela in Brazil, and um, like the architecture, it, everything's really narrow. You walk down these streets, and it still looks pretty rough, so... Um, for a hipster, it's mm. it's the perfect place to settle down. <laughs> mm. um, your video included like hula hoops, right? Yeah. So what I ended up doing because we were doing a relief project in um, Puerto Rico that week, um, I had my travel hula hoop with me and my brilliant. Does it break down? Is that why it's a travel down. hoop? Yeah, it's a travel hoop. <laughs> so it breaks into fourths. I just want to make sure I get this right. It does. It, it breaks, breaks into fourths. It breaks and... into pieces. <laughs> and um, and so when I pulled it out of my suitcase, I was like Mary Poppins. And everybody was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I was, my brilliant idea was, okay, I'm going to get all the relief workers, or as many as I can, to hula hoop. And I'm going to shoot video of them. And I ended up mashing up this video that is to the Despacito song and these girls hula hooping. And now what I've done is I've added links. Um, YouTube actually allows you to search for nonprofit organizations and add links in the video where people can click on them and then donate to whatever cause that you were trying to promote. So I figured maybe if, um, if this video goes viral, then um, it might actually um, make a difference in the way that I said, you know, 4.8 billion views <laughs> turning into like a dollar per view. Is the video still up? Like I know YouTube takes stuff down a lot. Okay. So, so here was the thing. Um, so it got flagged immediately. Um, so the Ted talk discusses this, how they've got the database and the creators um, log their information in. And so it gets flagged immediately and then the, the email message that I got was, it's okay, we won't take the video down right now. And that's, that was the key to, it's like, they're, they're not really against you taking it if it might benefit them in some way. Um, so the example, It's kind of ominous, though, a little bit of yeah. like the sword of Damocles, like, you know, it's like your your life is in our hands. Yes. We could take you out right now if we wanted to. Yes. But we choose not to because you might serve to be valuable to us at some point. <laughs> right. I know. Right? Isn't that essentially what the thinking is there? Yeah. Like I'm 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 on their their, their like prove yourself right now. I'm it's kind of life. like 
Yeah, like defend or die. You're like on their right short now. list. I'm on their short list. And so this has happened in the past. I've, I made a mashup once using um, actually somebody who's a lot less known than than Daddy Yankee. Um, it was it was just like a, this Trump video that I made before the election and it got flagged and um, they actually ended up removing the music. So the video is still there. And I think that's what they normally do is they just they mute the music. And then, um, and then you just have to replace it with some, some list that they give you that say, these are copyright, you know, creative commons, um, you know, music that you can use that's alternative. And of course it sucks in comparison. So, so they haven't done that just yet. And I, I've been checking it and I posted it. Have you reached, have you reached 4 billion yet? No, I'm only up to two. I mean, make her feel bad, Russell. 62 views and five likes. 62 million, not bad. (laughs) (laughs) I need need a few more zeros, but there's five likes. (laughs) So I was like, hey, that's cool. I never even get a single like. As soon as we get off, I'm just going to watch it over and over (laughs) and over. Yeah. I'm going to pretend it's Charlie bit my finger and just hit, hit, hit. You should. Well, isn't that, weren't we talking about this, Click Farms? There are like people who are paid yes. for like, yeah. Indian Maybe what you need to do is like partner some. with an Indian click farm so that you can make Hula Hoop Despacito <laughs> go viral <laughs> and then solve the debt crisis of Puerto Rico. Russell, <laughs> I, I think that this is, I, yeah, I would like to take this avenue. <laughs> another, 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 um, another person that I emailed this to was the founder of World Hoop Day. And um, she has 4,000 followers on her Facebook page. So are there that many fans of hula hooping in the world? Yes, <laughs> 4, there are. You never know. You never know. There are. Because World Hoop Day is a 10-year phenomenon where Ooh. on a single day in October, people all over the world are hula hooping to the same choreography. And they put this video together with all these different people like you know hooping for peace it's super super cheesy and hippie style you you would love it wow i can't believe i missed it <laughs> so the, when i pitched this i and i i would like to give you know amy her, her you know she she really was like pushing back and i really want to hear it because i think that she had a really good point and and this is the kind of stuff that i need to hear because i am uh i'm a, a hula hooper <laughs> so sometimes i'm Sometimes I don't have my feet on the ground and I got to hear what the lawyers have to say. So Amy, what was it that you had shared with us when I was like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like, what's that? What's that word for being a towner? Whatever. But um, stick in the mud. Yes, wet blank. Ago, I went to this okay, okay. Uh, broadcasting yeah. convention in Vegas. It was actually a, 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 a class I was taking for like a full weekend about editing uh, nonfiction films and this woman, she was talking about something, and then they were doing questions, and then someone asked a legal question, and then her husband, who happened to be a lawyer, was there, and, she, and he gave us, like, a 20-minute, like, don't do this speech <laughs> on, on sampling music. And people are like, well, if you're a student, and you're a film student, we heard that if you can use, like, 60 seconds, it's fine. He's like, no, it's not fine. They can sue you. Don't do it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, good to know. Don't do it. So unless you get permission, is what he basically said, through the artist or the or, or the or the record company or whatnot, you know, you don't have any right to use this unless there there probably was like a but but um, for the most part he was like nope, 
Dope. I mean, is there a distinction for something that's not for commercial use, you know, something like this, which is just kind of a novelty video? Like, are the lawyers really lining up outside of the Hula Hoopers offices? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I I would imagine if you're a filmmaker, right? Like, that's in many ways, it's a commercial venture. Uh, you know, so you're going to yeah, end up profiting you, off of someone intend, else's work. If you intend to make money, that's where, I mean, that's really what it comes down to in America when it comes to lawyer, like, how's the lawyer going to make money too? Like yeah. this lawyer is, is basically representing people who are going to either be losing money or making money. He doesn't give a shit about some, some 13 year old girl who made a photo album of her and her boyfriend and their first, you know, date to this you know a particular song because there's all kinds of that all over youtube so it just really depends on the intent right like if it if it's a commercial thing and which is why the the psychology of adding the donation button to um you know a relief organization like the one that i chose i chose two actually one was um a i think the puerto rican foundation which is doing all kinds of projects to rebuild the island after Hurricane Maria. And then the second one was called um, the North American Mission Board, which was the Christian organization that's sending all the colonizers to Puerto Rico to tell them that they should believe in Jesus Christ, which which is a whole other thing that I I don't necessarily want to promote, but they were the ones that sent me there. And I do feel like, you know, they are doing good work as far as chopping trees down that Puerto Ricans otherwise are not able to afford. Um, When I interviewed people, there were old couples in their seventies and eighties who we're paying up to $1,500 just to have like trees removed from their back backyards. Whereas we were doing it for free. And, you know, the catch for that was that there were some really like big, big Bible thumpers that were like, okay, we took your trees out. Now listen to our propaganda. So, um, kind of like one of those real estate things where like, we'll give you a free, <laughs> I'm sure. Pitch. Yeah, it's like a timeshare pitch right like yeah. oh, you can come to our golf course they can swim in the pool but let's just talk real quick yes <laughs> about so, your lord and savior right so <laughs> so i think you know the other thing that you know i was rationalizing because like if if this were under the question name i think i would be like no i'm not going to do that to the organization um but when it's just like my personal YouTube account, I felt like it's fine if somebody decided to take it down. It's not a big deal. Um, so I wondered if that was also part of the pushback is, you know, we're, we're a team, we're an organization. So is this, you know, setting too much of a precedent like early on of we're the kind of organization that steals copyrighted content? Right. We don't want to I mean, do that, especially us being like trained journalists with reputations. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a concern. I I have to say, I was talking about you today, Melanie, mm. uh, because I was trying to explain this concept to a friend of mine. And the way that I started off uh, was saying, Melanie is uh, kind of a crazy person, right? 
But yeah, that's that's it accurate. <laughs> but Very Melanie accurate. is is one of those crazy people who, you know, once she has like effectively changed the world and like implemented a paradigm shift and then she's like <laughs> being given a lifetime achievement award <laughs> she stands up and says you know when i first put this despacito video on <laughs> to solve the, the puerto rican debt crisis people said i was crazy you know <laughs> you're that kind of a crazy person whose ideas are like wow melanie like when you sent that email i was like this i was i was with eming i was like this makes no sense i was like yeah sure it be, well because and people should know uh the example from uh, the ted talk was the chris brown video with the the you know the wedding party going down the aisle and... oh yeah and i i didn't know who chris brown was either <laughs> i'm sorry I'm really, what <laughs> i'm really not ready to have a chris brown conversation <laughs> right now for a lot of different reasons i had to do a lot of googling when I, was I don't need you to know who chris brown is that's actually kind of a badge of honor um when you sent that ted talk i watched the ted talk i was like oh this is really interesting that they allow people to use copyrighted material because if it does go viral then that can expose this copywritten material to a whole new group of people right that's what happened with the chris brown song they used it in this viral video uh, Chris Brown song, you know, went back up to number three on the Billboard list or whatever. My response to that was, "Yeah, that's true, Melanie, but that's because this video went viral and millions and millions. I don't remember what the number is. It's somewhere below Charlie bit my finger, <laughs> uh, but a lot of people watched that video. I and I just didn't think it was comparable. I was like, Melanie, I you know, I know you have four thousand hula hooping friends, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to get you over the threshold where." YouTube says, hey, you know what? Go ahead and use the biggest song. Go ahead and use the number one video of all time. Piggyback on that in order to solve the Puerto Rican debt crisis. But upon further reflection, uh, and I, like I said, like I told my friend today, uh, those are the kind of big ideas that change the world. Do you know what I mean? Those are the kind of solutions. Those are the kind of approaches that people don't think about. And those are the things that work. You know, so this is not me saying, Mel, this is going to work. You're going to solve the Puerto Rican debt crisis. I'm not there yet. Um, but I am open to tinkering with these tools that are at I, our disposal. I, I like that statement. I am open to tinkering with these tools. <laughs> it sounds like a do-it-yourself video or something. Um, but, the, you know, that is to say it's a big idea. You're a big idea person. Big ideas are unappreciated in their own time. Uh, and... Here's the other reason it works, right? Uh, here's another song you will not have heard of, but it was really popular many years ago called uh, Birthday Sex. Eming, do you remember this song? Yes. I right. think I've heard that song. It's a fine song. People loved it. But here's why people loved it. They, the song, you know, Birthday Sex, they took two things everybody loves. Birthday. Birthdays and sex, and sex. And they put them together. It's kind of a no-brainer. Right. So you've got Despacito and Hula Hoops. <laughs> two things should i use the other song a hula hoop a hula 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 hoop hula hoop i mean the chipmunk song well, you know which one i'm talking about <laughs> oh that is actually another hula hoop song and a fine fine chipmunk rendition you mean <laughs> very impressive uh here's here's what you might be overlooking here melanie uh, why not go straight to Daddy Yankee yeah. himself? I was going to say that, but you took that. Like, 
what's up bro like i i would totally do that so so i'm trying to think of what the six degrees of separation to him are and i do have a cousin in la who's um he used to play uh bass guitar for santana so there must be a link there um so i could send him an email but the thing is is like you can't you can't type like okay so if you guys were like what is this email she's sending <laughs> what is this video <laughs> so i don't think i would be able to send that same email to my cousin and so i'm i'm working on how i pitch to people and what form of communication works and i feel like i have to fly in an air, airplane to la to like just explain what's happening in person you know cuz we, my my cousin's Puerto Rican as well, so I'm sure he would get behind this. Um, Isn't that a Yankee Puerto Rican? Yeah, he is. So how do I get in touch with him? It's not like I'm in the music industry. I mean, I have friends in the music Everybody's industry. Everybody's got a publicist, man. You know. You can probably find the contact for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you want me to just be like really official about it instead of <laughs> instead of a 13 year old in my bedroom <laughs> creating Hulu videos. <laughs> I think both are fine strategies. I'm really comfortable in that 13-year-old space. <laughs> You're asking me to like go big with bigger with this in real life, so that's kind of yeah, that that is next level. I mean, it's it's a pretty lofty ambition, you know. It's it's uh, billions of dollars in debt, you know. It is the future of Puerto Rico. I mean, want to do it. Yeah. So wait. So what would that, what what what's the ask? Um, the ask is to put though to allow you to use the song, which is not going to be the leverage. But the real ask is, yo, every time like the official Despacito video that's on YouTube, put the donate button on it. Isn't that the ask? Tell them to do it. Yeah, that's the ask. Okay. Right? I mean, it's a big ask, but it's you know you're you got big ideas, Mel. Okay, so just get Daddy Yankee's publicist. Uh, right. And it's, it doesn't seem, I mean, I'm sure they're finding a way to monetize and I'm not questioning YouTube business model, but it just seems so much cooler and savvier to have like an active donate link button on the screen. It's philanthropic and I don't know, Daddy Yankee's a successful musician. He, like at the very least, it's like a tax write-off or something for him. You know? mm -hmm. And wouldn't he want to be, I mean, like not to just like, make a slant comparison between different Caribbean countries and pop stars, but you know, Wyclef got very invested in the future of Haiti uh, <laughs> after the earthquake and wanted to run for president. You know, like Haiti at that time was a, a place that was looking for a leader and Wyclef was a very successful musician. You know, where's where's Daddy Yankee's leadership? Yeah, actually, that's the question I've been asking about all the Puerto Ricans. So I know Lin-Manuel Miranda's been doing his stuff and he gets all kinds of views. Why hasn't he thought about that? Yeah. Can, I, can I ask all these people, Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony and all yeah. the rest of them? This is what needs to happen. Yo, you need to start like a Puerto Rican power coalition. I thought you were going to say cult. Well, <laughs> it's been line between a coalition and a cult. Yeah, okay. Because I was going to say are, cult might be more fun. Those are people who have a lot of cultural <laughs> impact. I know. Well, instead like, of Kool-Aid, it would be like uh, passion fruit. I mean, I don't know. Think about the combined, like if you really combine the YouTube views of all of those Puerto Rican artists that you just listed, 
right? Mm -hmm. Like, what if Jennifer Lopez just agreed, like, every time somebody watched her videos on YouTube that she would have that donate button on there? You know, and what if like Lin Manuel, like every time, like I don't know, how many times do people watch like one of those Hamilton videos on YouTube every day? Like, that's some really pervasive pop culture, man. This is not peripheral art. Mm-hmm. And I have a question about just things belonging to people, just in general. And you know, stop me if I'm getting a little too philosophical here. Uh, but aren't the copyright laws? Isn't there like a Mickey Mouse law? Have you guys heard of this before? The Mickey Mouse law. I've seen the video. Sounds familiar that refers to all the Disney stuff. Yeah. Like, and it, it's like a fair use video that's really famous. And it, and it has like little bites of every single Disney character, but doesn't actually infringe on copyright because of fair use. Well, yeah. Making, After, making commentary. Well, I, what I'm thinking of is a, is a much more specific issue called the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. Or the okay. Mickey Mouse Law, okay. uh, which freezes the date of public domain, right? Like everything becomes public domain in oh. in, in U.S. In copyright years. law at a certain point, right? Fifty years. Yeah, That's fifty why, years. Oh, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why a lot of like uh, independent films use, uh, you know, uh, classical music. It's called yeah. the Copyright Term Extension Act. Yeah. Uh, but they've extended it, and the reason they call it the Mickey Mouse laws because you know Mickey Mouse is a is property of the Disney Corporation. It's their most recognizable symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is much more than fifty years old, right? Yeah. So why why can't we all just use Mickey Mouse for whatever we want? Right, because they extended uh, it. Yeah, right. but they extended it for intellectual property like that. Uh, I, I'm a little, I mean, it's, it's again, kind of a slant comparison, but here's what I'm saying to get back on Melanie's cloud, right? If we're making exceptions for Mickey Mouse, um, why can't we make exceptions the other direction, which is like the amount of time that something is like consumed and used and recycled and filters its way all the way through its culture. Like 50 years is too long, you know? Mm-hmm. It used to be when we made copyright law, it would take 50 years for something to like fully permeate the culture to the point that it kind of became all of our property. But now, you know, 5 billion people have seen Despacito. Like, shouldn't it just be public domain now? <laughs> like, it's a part of our cultural fabric. Maybe maybe when it hits 7 billion. 7 billion. Okay, so, so like, this is where I think that you have to use more examples or talk slower because this gets into, like, a a much even yeah you're definitely on the cloud now and it's a lot bigger can you explain further how something that's been accessed by five billion people becomes public domain or why it should be in public domain well again i mean i'm not trying to get lost in the weeds i'm just curious about like what is the what is the philosophy behind the idea of public domain why do, why can something only be copyrighted Ah, okay. Why can we only have something for 50 years? Why do people, why does the government feel compelled to make a law that says, you know what, after 50 years, it belongs to all of us? Because they're the gatekeepers. That is arbitrary. Yeah, the government could say whatever they want, but there needs to be some kind of will. There needs to be a philosophy. There there needs to be some kind of thinking behind it. My understanding is once something has been a part of our culture for that many generations, uh, then you can't. You can no longer profit, you know, make make money. You can't monetize it. 
uh, or you shouldn't be able to monetize it. I'm just curious about what that thinking is and how it changes when the way that we consume media is so different. You know, it would never have been possible for five billion people to like listen to that song uh, in a matter of days. You know, when they made these laws, right? It's the same kind of thing. Like the Second Amendment. You know, it's like we we made these laws about uh, gun ownership back when you know you only had top loaded musket. You know, so like we should reevaluate those laws now that weapons are different. Uh, I'm just curious about copyright law itself. If we're really going to be on the cloud here, um, you know, what, what's the bigger conversation about information and who does information belong to? You know, which again, it's 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 in the weeds. It's a bigger philosophical question. But if we're talking about copyright, that's. I mean, I'm curious about that. Should I am too. I like the question. So. <clears throat> No, I just was wondering, like, you know, it's a good question and immediately made me start thinking about just fine art, though, and how people still trade it and collect it and make money off of it. But it's not part of the public domain, right? You've got people still buying Monet's and Picasso's and making money and profiting off of those. So... Those, well, those but that's a physical not, object. That's one object. Not, those are not copyrighted, but we're talking about music and characters. I don't know. I mean, Mickey Mouse's art. And who gets paid if there's no copyright? How do, like, current artists get money if everything's just, like, dibs and free-for-all? How does that work? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not... I think a lot of this came up when the record industry changed and, you know, these were, I think all of us are old enough to remember the days of like LimeWire mm. when <laughs> we were all willing to give our computers AIDS for free music. It was worth it, man. It worth uh, yeah. It. I got a lot of free music from those STDs. Uh, and everybody was panicking. So I was like, oh, well, why on earth would anybody buy how are people going to buy music when you can just share information and the music industry has had to kind of scramble and you know i think google play and itunes are all like fine solutions um but there is a bigger conversation about like who does art belong to uh when everything can be shared so easily you know like i want to be able to share that with you can watch whole movies on youtube Great question russell how would you feel if you weren't getting paid for your book Mm, that's um, a good question. Yeah, I'm definitely not I, arguing. I, I, I paid for it, but I was curious. Like, how would you feel if you weren't getting cash or a check I'm, for anything I, that I'm, you did? I'm not making an argument against intellectual property. I think people who make art should be compensated. Um, I just think the way that we think about it is very old-fashioned. That's all. You know, I, I'm not making an argument like, "All right, Daddy Yankee, it's our song now." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I think artists should be compensated, of course. Uh, although, unfortunately, most of the time, when you know, I under, no, I understand the, the 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 argument that you're making, Russell. And then Emin's question just makes it more personal. By you know, just once you're the creator, you're like, yeah, my book was bought by five billion people. Yeah. I created that. Those were my experiences. And I put all the effort and sweat into creating that thing. How about so, this? I have, a, I have a relevant answer to that question. Okay. I'll tell you right now. I would gladly trade any rights 
to that information or any money if 5 billion people would read my book. <laughs> because it's, that, it's so much bigger than you it's ever. so much bigger. bigger. I, that, I don't need any money. 5 billion people read my book. What do I need money for? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, me. Those are the, the five top you're five dead, writers. You're not difference. <laughs> top five writers to have that kind of cultural impact. You know, I, I think a lot of artists are that way. Think about the most popular genre of hip hop right now is SoundCloud rappers, right? They call it Melanie. I'm not going like to try to, I'm not going to try to, no, Chance. Well, yeah, Chance, Chance is a good example. SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not a SoundCloud rapper though, but yeah, I mean, there are so, so many artists and this is a very popular genre of hip hop, which is, you know, people, SoundCloud rappers. The point of SoundCloud is uh, none of that stuff is monetized. You know, it's right. just, here's, here's my work. It's people who just want to put their art out there. It's not people who are trying to make money off it and they've monetized it in different ways. If you can listen to someone's music for free, um, you know, you end up paying for something else, whatever you, you tour, you do shows, you know, Right. I, and I think that's comparable, right? I think I am the SoundCloud rapper of the literary world to answer your question, <laughs> except that I don't have any, I don't have any face tats, or <laughs> rainbow colored uh, dreadlocks. I don't not take yet, co copious amounts of Xanax every day. Uh, but I, and I think that's pre pretty pervasive among young people. When you think, when you, if you like talk to a 16 year old right now about like, oh, like what's the most important thing? Would you rather have a million dollars or a million followers? You know, I think a lot of young people would say they'd rather have a million followers, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't blame them. That's a really interesting statement right there. Just saying. But man. if they had a dollar for every one of those followers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This is. I mean, it, it's we're we're dangerous. We're verging on a Bitcoin conversation, which is like, money's <laughs> over, bro. <laughs> money's over. We're post money. Like we we are now. You know, we're entering a place where like there is an equal space. Mm. There's an equal priority for uh, the amount of people you can reach. Eyeballs are more important than money. I know. Well, I I like the direction that this conversation is going because I can just be like, okay, you are living in the most expensive city on the planet. And so is Amy. And, and so how is it post money in a place where the rent is too damn high? Like, the, like that we've been discussing amongst us. I mean, I can be post money right now because I'm just like floating from place to place right now and just couch surfing with people. Apparently, my cloud is floating higher than yours right now, Melanie. My, I'm, I'm so future sick that I'm not even thinking about, you know, the job that I have to do in order to pay my rent. I'm thinking like, you know, how how is our economy going to be structured in the next twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years once we're all like living in, you know, what do they call it? enhanced environments or, uh, you know, we're living in like a VR universe uh, when the rent won't really be too damn high. It won't matter what your apartment looks like because you're going to be have like VR goggles on all the time. You know what I mean? Did you watch Black Mirror? Is that why you're saying that? Uh, I've seen the show, yeah. But I, it's not why I'm saying that. I don't know. I mean, like I, I saw the preview for Ready Player One. I, is... Yeah, I just saw that last night. 
yeah, that kid lives in uh, like a, a junkyard. Like his house yeah. is made out of a stack of abandoned cars, but he's like the most popular person in the world because in the video game world, he's like really good at video games and he lives in the, in the VR world. That's science fiction, right? But like, you know, that's where our future comes from. Our, we, we emulate that's our right. I agree. Yeah. As a fembot, I would hope that you agree. <laughs> That's why I started writing sci-fi because I was like, I can envision a whole new universe. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're not, I'm not done with money. Well, yeah. I, none I, of us. I paid $6 for a cup of coffee today. So I'm not done with money. <laughs> <laughs> well, but how, but how much was the avocado toast? <laughs> avocado toast was not that much, actually. It was, uh, you avocados know, are uh, expensive, bro. Mm-hmm. It's $1.29 per avocado. Are you avocado avocado toast oh i prepared the avocado toast myself oh. the, the avocados were a dollar 29 i got a loaf of sourdough bread which was five dollars you know i'm not done with money we're not post money i just i've never seen a more credible threat to money than young people's priority of followers followers but isn't that just another form of currency that sure in some way will just change it's just like bitcoin bitcoin is worthless until they actually cash it in and you know and every time the bitcoin blockchains tank then they're just not people aren't really making anything it's all just bubbles yeah i mean i I don't think i'm definitely not making an argument that we're going to be free from the constraints of like you know, what we think of as a modern economy. I just mean like, it's interesting that social capital um, has become such a priority, like a thing that you can monetize because you never really used to be able to count something like that. You know, like, I don't know. How many friends did I have when I was in middle school? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, a couple dozen. You know, like you can't, you never even thought about that. Did you ever make a list of how many friends you had? It's like now everybody has a number, you know? Like, it's pretty incredible. Maybe, Even if a lot maybe, of them are robots. Maybe I made a list in my journal. <laughs> <laughs> this person likes me. This person is a little bit difficult. <laughs> Russell, Melanie, thank you for joining me this evening. And thank you all for listening to our first episode of Quest Non Media Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks to everybody. See you next time. Thanks for having us, Amy. This edition of the Quest On Podcast was produced and edited in Richmond, California. 